You're listening to What's Mine Is Yours, a podcast series as part of This Egg's Mother Earth International. Mother Earth International is a project that has been created by teams across the world. Today's episode comes from Ukraine. This episode contains discussions around the climate emergency and the war in Ukraine. Our interviews were conducted remotely with an international team. You may hear some background noises and variation in mic quality. Sometimes there are overlapping voices. Sometimes sound and music will play at the same time as people speaking. Отже, мене звати Андрій Палатний. Мені 36 років. Я народився в рік 1986, це рік, коли сталася аварія на Чорнобильській АЕС. І це, мабуть, неосвідомлена, але потім усвідомлена перша зустріч з кліматичними змінами у світі, в країні, в місті, в якому я народився. Я високий, худий, у мене довге волосся і борода. Hi, my name is Andrew Palatny. Uh, usually I use he. Uh, I am tall, have a beard and long uh, hair. I have lived through the climate emergency for 36 years. Today, the 2nd of September 2022, time is 5 p.m. 12. I was born in Ukraine in the city Nikolaev, in the south of uh, Ukraine. Chernobyl uh, was happened and everyone tried to move from the capital and the central part of Ukraine. A mother was pregnant and she came to, to Nikolaev and I was born in hospital there. This is a river city, approximately two and a half uh, hundred years old. Not big, but not small. With some uh, industries, more focus on ship building and ship repairing and some agriculture. And after two years old, I uh, came to Kyiv, to capital of Ukraine, where most uh, part of the life uh, I have spent it. Kyiv is a big uh, megapolis city with a lot of citizens, uh, transports, uh, buildings, uh, also industries. And due to my activity, I also work as art curator in different districts of Ukraine, especially with a district, let's say, who uh, close to conflict area or has a strong industrial background. I feel a climate emergency in Ukraine in several dimensions. One dimension is something that may be similar to other countries and regions. It's usual human uh, uh, being activity, especially industrial activity. I have a strong experience to work and even to live some period in uh, uh, Mariupol where I remember when I became ill, what means to be ill in the region where you really have dirty air. 
its special exp experience. Another dimension is what we have now due to current events in Ukraine. It's a full-scale invasion of Russia. And it's a lot of uh, military activities that live in the nature, in the city, uh, a result which uh, a danger for human, but also danger for nature. In Mykolaiv, there are some really amazing natural places. There are even uh, some uh, old forest from ancient time. A lot of very unique animals. I need to say now that Mykolaiv also all the time bombed really bombed and uh, it's already destroyed several big factories, a lot of victims. So I physically not present in it, but of course uh, I feel it as my native city. And I also could understand people who still make solution to stay there, even if it's a risk for their lives and for the lives of their family. This feeling to be connected with the ground it was the reason why my first decision was also to stay in the country, in Kyiv. You feel this connection very, very concrete uh, and very strong uh, when enemy came to your home, to your house. At the same time, now we have a new dimension, it's atomic question. This situation with uh, uh, Chernobyl uh, uh, militaries when came there, but Chernobyl is closed. Uh, another story is the biggest atomic station in Europe, it's Zaporizhia, which now still under control uh, of Russian troops. Of course, from our perspective, we could say it's uh, state terrorism. In this case, atomic terrorism, nuclear terrorism. It's something that uh, for sure we can't predict, but it's on table and it's connected not only with Ukraine, with all over the world. Another force uh, dimension, maybe not so big, but also for me important, it's a lot of people who, as refugees, who leave the country, leave their flats, their animals, their plants. A lot of animals died. Died through military works or just because they were closed in the flats. It's a big volunteer movement now in Ukraine, which tried to help to keep animals Several months without civil transport, without car or bicycle, I moved through the city to keep all of them. Trying to find food, special food, uh, in the circumstances where everything closed. Honestly, I don't remember when I first time heard about climate crisis. For sure, it wasn't so a resonance for me. Maybe more serious, my attention take when uh, in a professional life, when I become a theater curator and start collaborate with different colleagues through all over the world. I, I went more deeply in it and understand uh, a real importance of it. Especially last years, winter and summer, spring and autumn, and in childhood you had really strong differences between four seasons. Now it's very flexible. You, of course, you could have different level of coldness and hotness, but this uh, changing between uh, one season to another could be very short. You even 
could miss. And my last EF, very little springtime or very, very little autumn time. I don't know how it's in other countries, but in Ukraine, we also have, let's say, old calendar and contemporary calendar. It's connected with a religion also, with Christmas, Easter, and all calendar much more connected with uh, real changes than the contemporary calendar. It also shows how people who live earlier, how they were connected with the nature and what for them were a signal of changing how ground look, how rain fall, when flower show, sky, etc. So this is something that I feel that I missed, for example, in education. In community in which I stay, the climate changes its important topic. Maybe not on the first, especially now because, uh, of course, war topic is something that influences on everywhere. I have feeling that it's bubbles. Uh, and if you saw on it from bigger perspective, it's still maybe most part of the society can't identify what to do with it. From thinking to doing, it's also a big question how to organize this technology uh, and how to be accessible and understandable for people what they could do. How I feel about the future is the most complicated question that always was, but nowadays it's also very concrete and unclear at the same time. From one side, I'm afraid about future because due to general situation of the country, cities in which I work and people whom I know, it's a big uh, humanitarian catastrophe. What we have, uh, family split it, territory occupied, victims and military actions systematical. Each day you have last six months especially in use of dying people and these dying people become a numbers and then it just numbers. And how to, to keep humanity in this, it's a, a big question. At the same time, uh, absolutely unclear future, even if you continue staying and fighting how geopolitical things influence, how military front, informational front, cultural front, and other dimensions of this complex uh, situation will be economy, of course. So from one side, I have fear about uh, what future will be for families, for economy in general. But at the same time, I keep belief and uh, I try to keep uh, strength to stay and to, to do in a different way what possible inside and outside of the country. And I say it, let's say, in a short perspective, but also in a long perspective, because the impacts that we have now with uh, uh, human being in general 
from war, from state terrorism, from uh, military actions, and at the same time, the systematical influence of global economy on uh, ecology of whole world. Global impacts need global answers, and it can't be that uh, someone alone will find answer on it. It's impossible. And I have a strong feeling that now all humanity again on this big crossroad. And which uh, direction will be chosen? Is it enough people with a heart and open minds in the world to choose uh, a right direction? It's always a question what is right, what is wrong, but direction connected with life, let's say. With life, not with uh, deconstruction. And because it's also a big question in which world we leave our children and uh, next generation. And on this perspective, it's something that all of us need to take responsibility nowadays, even now and here. It doesn't matter where we stay and in which circumstances. To be active and acting in a climate emergency important for me because imagine the world in 100 years. Is it enough food? Is it enough water? Is it enough fresh air? Is it enough nature? I can't easily answer on this question. And this situation, I think, described the most. This question for sure should be easily, uh, but it is not. What makes me feel hopeful for future, I think it's belief. What makes me optimistic look at the future is the faith that we have. This episode has been produced by Alice Boyd and Josie Dale-Jones, with music by composers of Mother Earth International and sound design by Alice Boyd. For more information about the project and our collaborators, visit us at www.MotherEarthInternational.org. You will also find transcripts and graphic recordings of this episode on the website. Mother Earth International is supported by British Council's Creative Commissions for Climate Action, a global programme exploring climate change through art, science and digital technology.